Hi, and welcome to the Daring to Leap podcast. I'm your host, Lori Phillip. I am so excited to dive into this week's episode with you. We were celebrating episode 25 last week, and I just want to take a moment to tell you thank you so, so, so much for helping make this podcast a success. We made it. Episode 25 is a huge milestone, and we're not going to stop. I have a lot of really exciting guests coming up already recorded, so stay tuned. This week, we have a special guest on the podcast. Heather Blackstrom is here. Heather and I discuss her career journey, her book, Collaborative Confidence, and the importance of amplifying other women and yourself, and how to do it without feeling like you're bragging. Let's dive in. Dr. Heather Backstrom is a professional coach, facilitator, author, and adjunct university professor. Heather coaches leaders at all organizational levels, including C-suite, vice president, director, and manager. She is the author of the women's leadership book, Collaborative Confidence, How Women Leaders Can Activate Self-Awareness, Amplify Their Authentic Talents, and Accelerate Workplace Change. Welcome to the podcast, Heather. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. It's so great to be in conversation with you today. I'm looking forward to what we're going to talk about. I am too. And I have I have so much to talk to you about, but I really want to get started talking a bit about your career journey. What were you doing before you decided to go on your own? Sure, sure. Yeah. So prior to becoming an executive coach and workshop facilitator and author now. I worked in corporate human resources and I started out many years ago. That was really that that was my first corporate job really was in human resources. And I started out as a recruiter and loved it and worked at a large automobile company that you would name, you would recognize the name and had a had a great time there and then continued to work in human resources at various other organizations. And they tended to be larger organizations. And I got into college recruiting and employee relations and and really stayed more in that human employee relations. The longer my career went on, the that was really where I, I landed. And while I enjoyed human resources for quite a while, and especially for the first, I would say, half, well, maybe three quarters of my career, there came a point where you know, leadership, team development, one-on-one coaching, that really became what I was more interested in. Mm-hmm. And so I started preparing myself because I could see that that was what my heart wanted, my mind wanted, my my soul wanted to be involved in developing people and supporting people and, and helping people be be more effective, be happier, et cetera. So I became a certified coach. I got my doctorate in organizational leadership from Pepperdine. I got some other certifications, all in preparation. And I like to say that the my daring to leap was very slow until I actually did the leap itself. It was more mm-hmm. like a, it was a switch compared to a light switch. Anyway, fast forward to then toward the end of my human resources career. At that point, I really was tired of human resources. It wasn't mm-hmm. fulfilling. It was hard going to work every day. I was not happy. And then I did what a lot of people do at work. I made a mistake. 
And I owned up to that mistake and admitted it and didn't shy away from it, took full responsibility for it. And then I got one of those written warnings that oh, no. I, yes, <laughs> the tables definitely turned. I got one of those written warnings that I had written for so many people over all those years and, and sat down and talked to them about their performance. Anyway, for me, that then became that light switch moment where Heather, you haven't been happy for a long time. You've been preparing to do this for a long time. It's now time to leave. And so I quit my corporate HR job to become a coach. I didn't have a single client. I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have anything in mind at all. I just knew that I was miserable in the work I was doing. And I didn't want to lay on my deathbed and regret not even trying. I yes. had to at least try. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting because I think sometimes life throws these moments at us on purpose where obviously you had never received a warning like that before, but it was that nudge, that final last straw that right. got you to shift. And a lot of the times we will eventually get to where we're going. It's a matter of how fast. And so that for you was that light switch moment. So you didn't have a plan and you just jumped out into the unknown and yep. <laughs> good for you. Yes. Good for you. <laughs> the empty swimming pool is just like, okay, I'm diving. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But look, here you are. You're accomplished. You've got a book. You do facilitation. And so it's interesting to see the progression because I know when I left my career and decided to also do coaching and I didn't have, I mean, I had a plan, but I don't know how realistic the plan was. N not knowing, mm -hmm. not knowing what I didn't know, right? It is such an important first step. For sure. And sometimes I look back and I think ignorance is bliss. If we knew everything we know now, would would um, you make that or not, right? Because you go through so much when you jump into such a big change for yourself. I want to shift gears a little bit here and talk with you a bit about your book, Collaborative confidence. I love the title of the book. Can you just start with that? Tell us what it's about. And, and you know what? That's exactly where the book started was the title. It wasn't at the time I came up with collaborative confidence, I wasn't even thinking about writing a book. So uh, I don't know, maybe, you know, two, three, three, four years ago, some, something like that. I came up with this idea, this concept of collaborative confidence. And it came to me because I was thinking about all the women leaders that I coach. And these are women who are exceptional. Yeah. They have teams report on their experience. They're smart. They're savvy. They have good work relationships with other people. And yet they would still doubt themselves, right? Mm -hmm. They would doubt their confidence. Can they really do this? Can they really take this chance or take this risk? Or should they really say this? They were just doubting themselves. And inside, I'm like, then why are you doubting yourself? Yeah. We're so accomplished, fully confident. So, and then of course, I'm looking at itself and myself as well in the mirror about all the times I'm not confident and that still is true. I'm still a work in progress. And then I layered on that the 
the belief I have and that the experience is not just a belief, the experience I have that women like to be relational. We like to be in mm-hmm. collaboration with each other. We like to be in cooperation with each other. And so I came up with collaborative confidence and I trademarked the term. And what it means is I am responsible for my own confidence and I'm responsible for helping other women with their confidence. Mm-hmm. So there's mutual support, reciprocity that is at the heart and center of what collaborative confidence means. So it's a, it's not just about the individual. It's about this community or this full support of others in addition. I think that's so important. We talk about that quite a bit on this podcast is supporting other women, especially. I mean, obviously I'm pro supporting anybody that needs support, but I think we have to step forward a bit more on supporting others. Almost like, wouldn't it be great if we got support from other people and wait a minute, I could be that person for somebody sure. else. Right, right, mm-hmm. exactly. Just like that you're going to do that and then, and then see, because I'm, I'm also a believer in abundance and there's always enough for everyone. So start, pick, pick one woman and start supporting her in different ways and maybe then pick another woman. But I think the more you do that, it comes to you back, right? It, it it's creates this generative... Mm-hmm supportive experience for you and for other women. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think that's how we change the culture a bit is by sort of modeling the behaviors that we wish we had models for and and taking the leadership perspective on that and stepping forward. And maybe there isn't a lot of support for you, but you could start that for others. Right. Yeah. And I also think just adding on to everything you're saying there, Lori, is that we as women, there, there's just so much we shoulder. Mm-hmm. We are the takers of our family. We are the, we, we, we take care of our teams at work. We take responsibility for this. We volunteer for that. There's so much that, that we as women shoulder and take on. And boy, what a breath of fresh air to know that there's, even if it's just one other woman, but just to know there's a support that's person there for you that no matter what they're going to support you even if you're not even around each other she's speaking about you to others in in favorable ways and in generous ways and you're doing the same for her Mm -hmm. yeah i think to add to that i was reading an article and i can't think of where it was it's just an article i saw online and it was about that women leaders in particular, as they move up the chain, they feel less and less, not just supported, but that they can rely, they they feel alone. It was the word alone that they were. And so they don't have these relationships with other women leaders as a support network, Mm -hmm. like a lot of men might do. And so it's it's actually the almost the opposite. Like men move up and they have more relationships. And it's and so it was kind of an interesting article, but it made so much sense. It's just like there's just more to do, less people to talk to at that those levels, and also less representations. And sometimes when we ask for help, we feel like it's it's kind of a negative in a sense. Like I can't handle it. 
And so you have to have that trust and being able to talk to others and get that support. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I think you're you're spot on about the aloneness. You're you're one. You're probably one of the few women at those very high high levels. And so, if you can cultivate a network of support, even if it's outside your organization or early on in your career, that then when you do find yourself in those times of loneliness or feeling like you're you're one of only a handful or you don't know who to turn to, you already have that support mechanism or that those supportive relationships, I should say, already cultivated and developed. Yeah, that's not the time to sh- <laughs> to start looking, right? When you actually are, yeah. you can start then, but it is smart to or sort anytime, of, anytime. yeah, yeah, it's smart to have it in advance. So tell me a bit about, as I understand it, there are three pillars that sort of make up collaborative confidence in, in your book. Can you tell us a bit about the three pillars? Sure. Yes. The three pillars are activate, amplify, and accelerate. And I'll describe each one of them briefly. So the activate pillar has an internal lens associated with it because it's about you reflecting on yourself. So it includes concepts around your strengths, your inner champion and inner critic, values, and your self-awareness. So we're being introspective. We want to look at ourselves. Our, our, we are the instrument. So that's why Activate is about activating your self-awareness, your strengths, your values. Then the second pillar, Amplify, has more of an external view because it's about amplifying yourself and amplifying other women. And here's where we really get into this collaborative relationship. And, and, and support. So Amplify is about amplifying your executive presence, amplifying your voice, amplifying your, your, and making known your accomplishments and your expertise and doing the same thing for other women. So amplifying their expertise, their opinions, showcasing their talents, recommending them for roles or special projects or, or what have you. And then the third pillar, activate, or excuse me, accelerate, is really the big picture, the, the, the aspirational picture from an organizational standpoint. The accelerate pillar recognizes that organizations have a responsibility to elevate women leaders. They, they have skin in the game, if you will. So the accelerate pillar discusses concepts like equal pay, addressing burnout, providing flexible work environments, mm-hmm. offering sponsorships, and those kinds of things. So it's the organizational lens of collaborative confidence. Yeah, yeah, that's, it, it covers pretty much everything in those three buckets, if you think about it, like the in, internal, external, and then the organizational type of responsibilities. I wanted to talk a bit more about the the amplify piece. And when you were talking about that, I was thinking, gosh, this is the hard one for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that's because I don't know if it's just been a message to us as women at a very young age or culturally or or what, but it is I think a lot of people are hesitant to talk about their expertise, to talk about their accomplishments, to sure. to to amplify themselves. And that, at least for me, I know that's hard for me to do. It's 
So I assume there's others out there that are similar in in nature yeah. to that. We're not just out there. Oh, I'm great. I did this. I did that. It's and it, me, and me. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And then then the other piece we already were talking a bit about it was supporting others. So it's just I think natural for us to go do these things right off the bat. What what do you recommend on Amplify that we can do to to get better at supporting ourselves and supporting others? Sure, sure. Yes, great. And and it can be challenging, difficult to amplify yourself. So I think what you're speaking toward is very relatable to a lot of women in, in particular. Let me start with a quick story from the Obama administration that that really was the inspiration I had for the Amplify pillar and what became the Amplify pillar. So during Obama's first administration, the vast majority of his top aides were, were men, which is not surprising. And what the women were finding, who were equally talented and had just as much expertise as the men and just as much intellect, et cetera, but what they were finding, which is not unusual, I think all of your women leaders or women listeners will relate to this. They were finding that in meetings they were being talked on top of. They would give an idea and a few minutes later, a man would give the same idea and suddenly it was his it's idea. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's brilliant. Lori said that five minutes ago. Right. Uh, so they got, the women got together and they decided that they would, they came up with something they called amplification. So what they did is in meetings, they would repeat what each other said. So if you gave an idea, I would make sure to repeat your idea and give credit to you. Mm -hmm. So I said, oh, Lori's about. Mm -hmm. Also redirect the conversation when women got interrupted. And they just made sure that women's voices were heard and their opinions were heard. And they did this consistently and repeatedly. Over time, Obama noticed. And then he changed his own behaviors and he started calling on women in meetings. He initiated that. So he started opening up the, the dialogue to broader voices than there was previously. And then we'll be fast forward to a second administration. Oh, excuse me. Let me back up to that story. Not only did he start calling on women, initiating that in meetings, he, at least in some meetings, he started then inviting junior aides to those meetings. So then what that what did that do? Those aides who normally weren't part of those conversations and strategic discussions and all of that, they now were their own professional development was being amplified, being elevated, being strengthened because he was widening the net of who was invited at least to, to certain meetings. And then when you fast forward to his second administration, there was much greater gender parity in his top aides that he had his cabinet members and, and, and the, the people who, who, was, who were surround, he surrounded himself. But. So that's an example of amplification. So the Obama women, they amplified each other in meetings by repeating ideas, redirecting conversations, asking women there to speak up in meetings, et cetera. So that's something that women can just start doing on their own. Mm -hmm. uh, any of Listeners today, literally today, and they're in meetings that they are in or conversations they are in, they can tune into, oh, was a woman interrupted? Let me redirect the conversation back to her. Or, oh, Lori just gave an idea. Let me make sure I repeat it. So it's something that literally any of your listeners could start amplifying another woman immediately. Mm -hmm. And then there's many other ways to amplify women. That's just how the Obama administration 
women leaders did. And it's interesting in the story, it doesn't sound like the the leaders in there were aware, had that self-awareness of what was going on until you, you said Obama started to notice, right? And so right. sometimes it's like almost like the self-amplified piece. We have yeah. to be willing to put ourselves out there consistently and mm-hmm. support others in order to to help make that shift. I want to see if there are a mindset shift we can make as women around amplifying ourselves and going from thinking about it in a negative way or a if I start talking about these successful projects I've done or I talk about my experience or I put myself in a a good light frequently I feel like I'm bragging. I feel like I'm taking up too much of the air or whatever it is. And so that would be, how can we shift into this idea that it is important and relevant to talk about ourselves and we should do it? Absolutely. And we, sh- and we should do it. And we struggle with it. And I know I struggle with it. So I'll just say I struggle with it. And I also know women also generally struggle with it too. And a couple of a couple of thoughts around that. So there was a, a study by the the Self Promotion Gap. It's a consortium of of leadership consulting companies, and what their research showed is that sixty nine percent of women are reluctant to talk about themselves and talk about themselves in front of other people. So that's a pretty large 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 number that that group came up with. And not only that, not only do 69% of women be reluctant to talk about themselves, but 47% would rather run errands and in the rain, 47% would rather run errands in the rain and 43% would rather clean the bathroom, which I just find on the one hand, really hysterical. On the other hand, it's that. I know, but it's so relatable. It's so relatable. I think I would rather do that too. I mean, I get it. Let me go clean my bathroom and talk about myself. Exactly. And and to the point you just said, it's really important that we do and that we find ways that we talk about ourselves and promote ourselves in ways that can be heard and received so that we don't come across as brash or braggy so we're still humble and yet we're articulating our value so you mentioned mindset and i think that's a really great place to start to stop using the term self-promotion if that term gives makes your stomach queasy reframe it call it clear communication or credibility building so when I mention my accomplishment, I'm building my credibility or I am communicating clearly. So one is to simply change your mindset of how you label that term self-promotion. And then something else I think is a good mindset shift to hold or, or mindset, mindset to hold is that the self-promotion gap also found that I think it's, I think it was 80% of women, maybe it was 83%. At any rate, it was a high number. When they hear another woman talk about her accomplishments, they are inspired by that. Mm -hmm. So if you can think about when I mention an accomplishment, I'm inspiring other women around me. I'm doing something for my sisterhood. I'm supporting other women by the 
by my feeling comfortable speaking up about an accomplishment of mine. And then I'll, I, I'll add in a few strategies because I know you can, you can change your mindset. You can say, mm-hmm. oh, I'm acquiring other women or I'm building credibility. And it can still be hard to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So one, one behavior that I notice women can fall into is where they give all the credit to the team, but they don't take any credit for themselves. And that sounds like, well, yeah, you're laughing. I'm laughing because I'm totally in that trap. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like, it sounds like, oh, my team did such a great job. If if it weren't for them, we would not have crossed this finish line and had a successful project. That may all be true, but where are you in the equation? You've given all the credit to your team. And it's just changing your language a bit. You can say, my team did an incredible job. We crossed the finish line because of their hard work, and I am so proud to to be leading such an incredible team. Yes. So you can give credit to them and include yourself in that you led the team. Yeah, that's that's a really great strategy. I totally fell into this trap. In fact, I was in an interview for a position, and the way that we had structured interviews, it was very behavioral based. You have to give specific examples of a time that you did something, right? And I was mm-hmm. using the language of we. Yes. Yes. We, we, the team, we did this. And the interviewer was actually really, it came across kind of brash, but he was helping me out because they, they have to score based on my answers, right? So he was like, but what did you do specifically? <laughs> and of course, I did a lot, all those things, but I was so used to using the word we. And mm-hmm. I just love being part of the team and lifting them up. But you're right. We also have to lift ourselves up a bit. And and it's not even lifting. It's like, give yourself credit for the awesome job that you are doing. It, it's not even more than that, right? And we just don't even go that far. Right. We don't. And, and, and we do tend to use the word we a lot. So that's another, another tool is to balance the use of we and I, right. Mm-hmm. To use them in a balance so that, that we are, that, that the woman herself is included in the equation and not just always re- regulated to only the we. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. You were, you were mentioning before we started talking about this, that you had a few strategies. Were there other ones that you were thinking of that you wanted to bring forward on this? Yeah. So I think also with self-promotion, think about the facts of your experience. Uh, And then maybe the fact is that you lead a team of 50 people. That is a fact. It's a fact that I have a doctorate in organizational leadership. So think about those things that that are factual about you that I manage a budget of $150 million or what, whatever it might be. And I think when, it, when you can focus in on the facts, that can also make it easier to then state the facts, to own those facts. Because it's not an opinion, it's not an interpretation, it is a fact. So think about giving credit to yourself and, and your team and using factual language 
And then what, what you brought up, I think, was just spot on about the we and the I language. And those would be three strategies that a woman could start using right away. And then, and then, and then to add in there, going back to the spirit of collaborative confidence, go to another woman and say, I struggle with self-promoting myself. So would you please kind of keep an eye and ear on me? When you see that I have not given myself the credit that is deserving, or I have done something that I, that where I have minimized myself, could you let me know? And then she can be a mirror for you and give you feedback on your behaviors, your language, your choices that you may not be able to see yourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting suggestion. And what made me think of is when you're learning and working on something like presentation skills, for example, you might have somebody come in to your presentation and do exactly that. Watch your presentation, take some feedback, provide it to you as, hey, this is where you did well. Here's a few things. Because in the moment, you don't notice it as much than an external observer. And so this type of exercise could be similar just in some of these normal interactions in various meetings or situations in the workplace. But it's still a valid exercise. And it's, we will, we also have to get past a little bit about hearing the feedback and being willing to hear it and that it's okay. And that's how we learn and grow. Because I, even myself, I always would have a hard time hearing any kind of feedback. I was so used to hearing positive feedback that when I hear something, I'm like, oh, really? Like, are you sure? <laughs> and, but that's how, that's how we grow and learn. And it, it's so important. It, it, it is. And I, I am with you there with the feedback. It can sting. It can be hard. And it's courageous to ask for feedback. It's courageous to get on video so you can see how your presentation, how you looked when you were presenting. It's courageous to go to another woman or a colleague and say, would you please? be a mirror for me. All of those are courageous acts. And anyone who does them should be applauded for taking that step because that's a hard, that is a hard and yet incredibly worthwhile step to take. Yeah. And to be, and, and to also to be gentle with yourself afterwards and, and just receive the feedback and not beat yourself up over, over what you may hear. and something else women don't do very well be included to celebrate the feedback when it's it is positive yeah really when we've made a difference and hang on to that right hang on to it yes yeah that's that's a big one i i'm working on that right now i for i think this whole month i'm working on celebrating positive feedback and it's a bit about just like we're not comfortable a lot of us are not comfortable promoting ourselves. A lot of us also don't allow, don't receive feedback, positive feedback, and just let it just wash over us. Yes. And there's so much value in accepting the feedback, letting yourself feel good about it, 
and and not just kind of blowing it off like, oh, yeah, thanks. But it was really the team. I've, I don't know how many times I said that. Or even little things like, wow, your hair looks great today. And you're like, oh, yeah, I guess it's usually it doesn't. And you kind of blow it off. But when you accept feedback, that positive feedback that helps boost yourself up. And when you brush Absolutely. it off, you're not accepting it. it. It It's a wasted opportunity for sure. It is. It, it, it's wasted. It minimizes the feedback. And you're actually rejecting what that person is. Yeah. You're, you're like rejecting them. So right. it's actually insulting to the person who's giving you the compliment. Right. And so I suggest that a woman just simply say, thank you. You know, and if that seems a little too like abrupt, like, oh, thank you. That, well, thank you. I really appreciate you saying that. Or thank you. That means a lot to me. Or something. You can say yeah. thank you and a, a little bit more, but leave it as the receiving of it and edit out all of those. Just yeah, right. That you right. Said. All the buts. But. <laughs> right. But you should have seen how I did it yesterday because it was really bad. Yeah, right, right. I've come a long way since yesterday. Oh, God. Oh, we we have so much work to do, Heather. <laughs> we do it together. We can do it together. Oh, goodness. Well, we're going to start to wrap up the interview. Are there any last n- nuggets of wisdom you want to bring in or closing thoughts you have for our listeners on this topic? Well, I would encourage all of your listeners to just start Collaborative Confidence today. And one of the things that I find that, 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 I, that, that makes Collaborative Confidence so easy is you can literally start doing it today. You don't, have to, you don't have to look anything up on the internet or go get a resource or take action on, I don't know, going and buying something. You can literally start Collaborative Confidence today. You can think about the other women in your life, in your organization. And you can start amplifying them. You can begin to repeat what they said. You can encourage them to sit at the conference room table instead of around the perimeter mm-hmm. of the room. Raise her visibility. You can invite her along to a special meeting or to the board meeting or some, something where she will get more exposure, more visibility. So that would be my my challenge my my plea my my ask is just begin with one woman and yes. begin and find her yeah thank you for that that's really great where can our listeners get in touch with you and check oh, out yes. your work oh yes thank you so my website is heatherbackstrom.com and that's B-A-C-K-S-T-R-O-M.com, heatherbackstrom.com, one word. And LinkedIn, please link up with me on LinkedIn. would love to connect with all of your listeners. And those are probably the two easiest and fastest ways to get in touch with me. And my, my email is heather at heatherbackstrom.com. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, thank you so much, Heather. I really appreciate your insights, your journey, and what you're promoting really i think the the supportive approach is where we need to be and looking out for each other not just ourselves but it's funny because we don't even look out for ourselves but 
sometimes it's easier to help others. So you can definitely start there as well. Absolutely. Yes, you absolutely can. Yeah. Well, thank you. I've loved the conversation and uh, appreciate being with you today. Absolutely. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you've enjoyed it, I would love for you to subscribe. If you're already a subscriber, don't forget to share the podcast with a friend. Hope you all have an amazing week. Until next time. Bye.